Hey, everybody, this is Howard Chagg, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, and I highly recommend you spend some time with these folks. Later. Absolutely perfect. Go figure. What's happening? It's Book of the Month. It is. Book of the Month. You're not lying. <laughs> Clementine's journey in the, in the first part of the book. It was a little bit uh, rough sailing for me at first. I'm glad you got it in the form. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it, though. Hey everybody, it's 11 o'clock comics episode 877, and I'm Vince B. Who are Vince B? I am David A. Price. It's true, and I'm a bad mofo because I'm John Shaft. Yeah, pour one out. Pour one out for the OG. Richard Roundtree, rest in, rest in power. Yep. You know what? You can be Shaft. Nice. Good to have you here, Mr. Shaft. Respect. <laughs> You know that was that was Richard Roundtree's first movie ever. I got it right the first time. Yeah. yeah, But how crazy is that? Like that that like I mean, he was in so many films over his career, but 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 Shaft, the first Shaft in seventy one was his first ever movie role. I wonder if that was an inspiration to Mister Liefeld. You think? The name, the name. Oh, oh. Well, I don't know. Because it I mean, is very certainly the right the right age uh, cohort, right? I mean, yeah. And, and it, like the the name does bring with it certain connotations, sure. right? Shaft. Yeah, I mean, how Rob is probably what your age is? I would think he's about four years younger than myself. Maybe he's, maybe maybe five. He's fifty six. Oh well, he's only two years younger than me. Yeah, look at that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. You know what else is excellent? What? Saving money on trade paperbacks, omnibus, and manga. I know that's right. And graphic novels, right? You can save huge amounts of money over cheapgraphicnovels.com. One more time, cheapgraphicnovels.com. It's built right into the name. You know what you're going to get. You're going to find all the stuff you want at far less than list price. The dogs even love cheapgraphicnovels.com. (laughs) <laughs> I just partook in something from the uh, Nick and Dent sale. Oh nice. oh, nice. Yeah, a book I didn't have. Um, well, I'll just tell you, New Mutants Omnibus. Ooh. Never never had it, sold all the issues. So it was like 50 bucks. Damn. So I said, this is mine. And it's shipping. I ordered it two days ago, got a message early today, bam, that it was shipping. It's not, you can't get any easier than that, people. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. And when you place an order, you are going to receive an email confirmation of said order. You're going to reply to that email conversation. <laughs> you're going to reply to that email and say, hey, 11 o'clock comics sent me. And, and you're going to keep, bounce back with another email that says, you know what? You're going to save 100% on your shipping for your next order. Yes, that's true. It's right. Free shipping on your second order. It's insane. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. It's the icing on an already delicious cake. 
You damn right. I was talking to Max earlier this week. How do you rate? How do I, what? How do I rate? Yeah. Listen, bro. This is a we're, this is a a thirty three point three percent owned triple venture. We all have equal voice. We do. Um, are you are you are you doing sports? No, it's the uh, alarm to give Hobbs his medicine. Sorry. Oh, I thought you. Were I normally doing... have it muted, but I, my phone wasn't on mute. I thought you were doing sports. What? No, 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 no sporting, no sporting events tonight. Good. My Phoenix Suns got the dub the season opener last night. That was pleasing. Okay. Yep. I am drinking blue raspberry flavored sparkling water beverage. That's that's kind of new, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I buy them by the case. So I go in, in streaks, right? Because you got to drink the whole case. And I have like four cases of this water stuff on hand. And I just cracked open the blue raspberry case. There you go. Yeah. Water stuff. Water beverage. I am drinking strawberry blueberry flavored seltzer water. Wow. Lame am us. Dap, what are you no, drinking? Delicious. Yeah, it's good, but I, I, I would be drinking beer if I had time. What? I'm drinking something with a fruity flavor. Oh. Uh, when we were um, when we met Daryl and and Raph and Julian for dinner, um, dinner and drinks, I noticed I whenever whenever it is a spot. Um, that has Hendrix on the menu. I generally let my wife know because that's her gin of choice. So I, I, I let her know, hey, Smithfield Hall has has Hendrix. So I, I, I took a screenshot. But also in the shot from the menu was something called Gunpowder, um, which is from um, Drum Shanbo. It's an Irish gin. So you say, oh, you should have got the Gunpowder. And I didn't, but I found out that our local spot actually sells it so i am drinking from drum drum shanbo with california orange citrus gunpowder irish gin with and it's gunpowder because it's infused with the gunpowder tea and a hint of california orange citrus so i'm having a gin and tonic with the gunpowder orange citrus gin and it is lovely nice just like jason yes I, I will say, Dab was very pleased, though, because although I'm not drinking tonight, I was in Boston this weekend for mm. uh, Jackson's parents' weekend, and it was really just a series of meals with him. That's pretty much what it came down to. And on a rainy Saturday, after going to the Boston Aquarium, we went to a restaurant nearby, and they had a lot of, uh, you know, the uh, artisanal cocktails, if you will. So I got a cocktail that had Maker's Mark in it. First time I ever drank Maker's Mark, so I had to let Dap uh, Dap know that. It's good stuff. Yeah. It was just on the edge of me not wanting to drink it, (laughs) but I did drink it, and it was was tasty. I mean, like, tasty enough, but it was definitely, like, like a Bloody Mary. Like, I had it. I don't know that I'm needing to have it anytime soon again. Well, isn't that... All of the things in life that make us better people, we're just on the edge of not wanting to do them, but we do them. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, I think so. I think so. No, the things I love most, I would like to do them as often as, as my physiology would allow. 
And with that, let's open up the book of the month for October, the Halloween month, and rightly so, because it is a partial horror title. It is Clementine. (laughs) I fuck it up. It is Clementine. Yes. Book one. Written and illustrated by Tilly Walden. Yes. Great tones by Cliff Rathburn. And I got a little bit of a bone to pick with Skybound. Now, I knew going in that the great tones were done by Cliff Rathburn. But Mm -hmm. why we got to wait till the back of the book to be told that? Yeah, crazy, right? You know, um, there's a big old splash page. That says Clementine, Tilly Walden, bum bum bum, and there's more than enough room to put Grey Tones by Cliff Rathburn, but they didn't. And lest anyone call me a hypocrite, yes, the featured image for this episode only says uh, Clementine Book Two by Tilly Walden because I did not have enough space to put Cliff Rathburn, because if I did, the text would have been about 12 point, and that's way too small. So I'm chiding them for not doing it, but in a sense, I did it myself. I wonder if it's a thing where Cliff didn't even want Could to be. mention, and she just felt compelled to thank him for it. But it's a huge part of the book. It is. It, and, it is. And, and they didn't put editor and with all that stuff on the, the, the splash page because those are mostly unseen hands in the creative process. Rathburn's work is front and center. Like, I think he should have been credited. You know what I really think is going on here? What? And I'm, I'm totally pulling this out of my ass, so I, I could be way off base. But I think because of the format and everything, it is presented like a YA novel, right? And in a YA novel, you have... You have an author, and they're at the top of the book, just like the, just like the, the setup is here, and that's why they do it that way. Yeah, but it's uh, it may be presented like a YA novel, but it doesn't read like one. No, no, no. Right? Yeah, there's uh, there's some harshness in it. Absolutely. So yes, Clementine, book one, Tilly Walden, Cliff Rathburn, Skybound imprint. Yeah, I don't get to I don't get to ask my monthly question. Because no. The brand spanking new book, and we yeah. all just read it for the first time. Yeah. yeah, it just came out. I mean, I know Dap actually technically read it like two or three weeks ago when we first got it, but he did, he um, did. And um, like I said, going into this episode, you may not have heard it because of the, the the music, but uh, I was about fifty pages into this, and I'm like, Oof. <laughs> <laughs> my the, man was feeling salty. This yeah. is a, no, I wasn't feeling salty. I was like, this is moving at a snail's pace, like. Let's get the show on the road. Um, and maybe it was just my mindset or or the general, you know, um, quality of, of things uh, currently, but uh, I wasn't in the right headspace to read it. So I finished it and I was like, oh, okay, nice. Um, I'm going to read this again in a day. And I did. Reread it. And I, yeah, um, not to bury the lead, but I thought it was wonderful. Nice. Yeah. I don't think we should compare it to the first one because it's n- not the same book the first one was. There's there's a different agenda this time around. Yeah. I, I think the first book was just shuffling around the pieces and getting getting the band together, <laughs> and the second book is is the 
the familial unit of of Clem and her world moving mm-hmm. into a new status quo. So I thought yeah, everything that needed to be done was done in the first book, and now we have uh, a new outlook, more or less. For, well, for characters are in different spots than they were um, in the first book. They've well, let's just get into it, right? Let's just not, yeah. I uh, mean, what I wanted to ask you too it was whether or not you vividly remembered the first volume such that when you picked this up and opened it, you were like felt fully ready to roll. And I asked because I was not, I, I opened up the book, read the first few pages and thought, wait a minute. I'm like, what, what? Like, yeah. What did I miss? You know? And I thought, God damn, I don't remember volume one very much. So I went back, skimmed volume one, found a pretty detailed recap on a, um, walking dead, uh, like, like fan wiki, you know, that, that talks about all the, all the stuff and re- read that quickly and was like, Oh, okay. And it all came back to me. But I, I definitely, if I hadn't paused for the cause and refamiliarized myself with the first volume, I, I think I would have felt a little lost. Yeah. The only thing I didn't remember was the, the conveyance. I didn't remember the airplane. Well, that's but, what I'm saying. Yeah. I remember no, that. I, I, I remembered the airplane. I, j- and, and I, I, I remembered some of the events from the first book, but I really, I kind of just, I guess, remembered the ending pages more than anything else. Um, and it, it took me a minute. I mean, thankfully, she kept thinking about him, but I was like, I was like, who the hell is? And and then, oh, of course, it was Amos. So I mean, so I just, I, but yeah, I, I didn't remember the nitty gritty or 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 details from any certain pages but the overall kind of story I, I i recall but but yeah them them getting out of dodge in the way they did that that's still in my head but we didn't but where i was confused and it is jumping right into this book i mean in this at the start of this they're huddled uh, huddled together yeah sleeping and and well not sleeping but trying hiding ready to go to sleep and talking about their travails of if it's being a few weeks since the plane crashed and I'm thinking, yeah. wait a minute. I'm like, and, I, and so I had to go back and, and the, the plane does not crash in the first volume. Nope. So this is Tilly just kind of bringing us into the fact that since, since we last visited this world, their plane crashed. Yeah. <laughs> I had to recall some of the, um, not events, but, but, um, character makeup. Like, I, so as I said, I, I'm about 50 pages into it. I'm like, Damn, Clem is a cold-hearted bitch. Like she just oh, yeah. this this young lady is is flinging herself at her, and I was like, "Well, wait a minute, wait a minute." From what I and then I recalled from the first volume that Clem has has issues with permanence. Like she actually feels bad that she hasn't passed on yeah. because everybody around her just seems to just die or 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 you know remove themselves in some way. So she's very hesitant to to open herself up to relationships. So oh it's like okay now that makes perfect sense why mm-hmm. she's acting this way. And uh, uh Rick is pretty much an open book and she always has been, but um it was Olive like when when the reveal happens I was like, "Oh damn, that's right." Yeah, I get it now. I get it. Well, why why she's always sick and and <laughs> spends a whole lot of time alone and um but the one thing that I didn't remember um or didn't dawn on me initially and it and it happens when 
they're they're walking along. It's early in the book, and they're they're quizzing each other on their times tables. And I I thought that's right. These characters aren't haven't really been schooled. Exactly. Like they exactly. they're, pick, they're learning to read in the in the yep. first line. Right. Yeah. They're picking up. Um, knowledge and experience as they go along they were never sat in in a in a in a regimented um learning institution because there wasn't any and that's i was like oh that makes complete sense so they're 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 trying to increase their knowledge where they find it so it, i think that's very important because it, it just makes clem even more impressive that she's come this far and she really hasn't been taught the basics, like, you know, reading and writing. Don't need it in the world. This world just needs to survive, you know? Yeah. But what about art, Jason? What about art? What, well, yeah. The, the, yeah. Well, this, this, this world doesn't really delve into that, but yes. No, that's... I mean, we have cultural amnesia as it is. Uh, I see it on a, on a regular basis. The kids just don't know. Like you say, the Beatles, and they don't know what you're talking about. Oof. Like really, there's there, there, there's a, a a a very strong undercurrent of cultural amnesia um, with the the current crop, and maybe even earlier than the, the current crop. But anyway, I'm 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 going off on a tangent. <laughs> Professor, yeah, his his woe is his woe is me for the current generation. Well, you know, <laughs> foo on me for living this long, I guess. Exactly. Uh, right. Um, so the plane crashes, and and the pertinent detail is Clem's leg is fucked. She gets an infection. She doesn't know what to call it. It just hurts, and that's all she knows. But she's infected, and it gets progressively worse to the point where she just basically goes into a vegetative state. She's out of it. Fever. Yeah. Um, septic. Yeah. Septic is bad. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and that's when Ricca and Olive take matters into their own hands, and they they're near uh, they're at a coastline, so they they find a boat. Uh, they hail down the, uh, I guess the the, what would you say? One person in a boat is called a pilot of the boat. A sailor. Driver? Do you drive a captain? boat? <laughs> is he, captain? Captain? Yeah. Is she really a captain? Um, yeah, I would say anyone that's. That's in charge if you're of in charge of the boat, yeah. But it's like a dinghy. It's not even a real big boat. It's a Captain little... Stabbin was a captain. <laughs> you're, you're an ad. They all, all, every episode was exactly the same, and yet we watched every one. Uh, yeah. Formative years. But and they're they're taken to an island of survivors, and you would think, wow, an island. This is great, and it, it's a Canadian island. Uh, this is awesome because now we're secluded. And how could the dead get to an island? Well, they do. <laughs> they do. They, they like, do. Oh, like they often. <laughs> they, they wash up on shore, and that was really cool. That even though they were on an island and took precautions to safeguard themselves from the washed-up dead, that when um, Ricka and Olive were selecting. Uh, somewhere to stay, Ricka was smart enough to say, I picked the one on the tallest like cliff, you know, because she was just trying to safeguard Clem. Like that's, it's, it, that's a neat little insight into just how much Ricka feels for, for uh, Clem. 
Mm-hmm. And feel free to pick it up because I don't feel like talking the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that the the idea of them getting rescued on the island is cool. Um, I think that the, um, you know, to your point, because Clem is septic, she's unconscious on this island for nearly a month or right around a month uh, recuperating. And to the point where, you know, you have to think if someone's unconscious for a month, man, especially in that world, they have to think like kudos to them for trying to keep her alive. I'm surprised that they it's a long time pull the plug. Right. But, um, yeah. but Olivia finds her and is like, Oh, you're awake, you know, and starts telling everything and Clem's, you know, vexed because she's just lived in this world that is just constant, constant danger. Well, that's one of the things I think if Clem was awake and aware, she never would have allowed them go, to go to the island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think, so it was yeah. probably, well, we right, at least yeah. for a while, it was probably yeah. in her best interest to go to the island and get treated while she was out of it. Because if she had her say, she wouldn't have, uh, would not have allowed herself to yeah. be taken there. Yeah. What is it about communities in The Walking Dead? Like, it, it, is there a manifesto or a, a Walking Dead Bible that says somewhere communities are bad? Because well, every fucking community in The Walking Dead is dissolves, is broken up or destroyed. I think I think it's really about the fact that right the I mean we've done, this is we're not breaking new ground here, but the the obviously Kirkman's entire idea here is that humanity is the real danger, right? Like and so I think that's just a, it would make sense that that these communities which are you know there's going to be holes in the building of these communities right and 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 i will say and and i, I just to be clear here i i very much enjoyed the book Me but too. i will say that um there were some things in the construction of this dynamic you know this island that i thought were eh, they, they they it was a little hard for me to buy into some of it like i Especially because if you, I, I don't know what. Here's an interesting top, topic. What what percentage of people would you think that are reading the Tilly Walden Clementine books have not read The Walking Dead? Oh, I think it's pretty high. Probably high, right? Yeah, I would say at least eighty five percent. Oh, I can't be that high, dude. You don't I mean, think everybody's read The Walking Dead? It's one of the best no, see- comics of our lifetimes. I don't. Like millions of people have read The Walking Dead. Like I, I don't know, but I've got, but my point. But you're actually. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. No, I don't want to argue. But here's my reasoning. Sure. Tilly made her name on books outside of that circle. Definitely. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. On a no, sunbeam is not going to apply to people who have read The Walking Dead. Right. My central point is actually to agree with you here because I, I think, some of the tropes that we see in this book, are extremely formulaic relative to someone who's read 160 issues of the walking dead and or watched years of the television show um where nothing that happened on the um like on the danger side was it all surprising or um shocking or impactful to me right like like we've like this is the walking dead world right like and you even joked about it, like, like, join a community, it seems good, there's some fatal flaw, sometimes that fatal flaw is that the leader's evil, sometimes that fatal flaw is that they think they're safe and they're not, which is the case here, 
Um, but ultimately, things crumble. People you're supposed to care about die. The people you really care about barely escape to, to, together to start over and start again on their journey. Like that is the ethos of The Walking Dead. Yes. And I didn't come, and, and I, I bring it up because I, I like I'm trying to play fair here. I really like the book, and I like the book a lot because it's a Tilly Walden book, and and all the reasons I like the book are somewhat in spite of the fact that it's set in the walking dead universe because the walking dead parts of this book just felt very formulaic and not at all like this isn't the most dangerous city story we've gotten from the walking dead right this isn't the the most impactful we barely knew most of these people so i didn't really care about their death so like all of that's kind of like yeah cool like i mean i read i mean i'm I'm obviously a huge walking dead fan I, I, i spent a decade reading the comics so i'm like here for it but but it was all the other aspects of this book that I came away thinking, okay, yeah, like, thank goodness Tilly Walden's doing this book because if this was just like, you know, someone doing a Walking Dead spinoff, I would have been like, eh. I see, I don't completely agree with you because uh-huh. I think you're forgetting about universal truths, right? In, in, in the waking world, there are universal truths. If you mm-hmm. don't pay your taxes, bad things happen. It may take a while, but bad things happen, right? And and you can, there's a laundry list of things that we actions we can take in the waking world that cause repercussions that re- have repeated themselves over time. The part with the spreading the guts on them—that's a Walking Dead universal truth. Yes. That if you smear yourself with guts, the dead will not notice you. We've seen it in the show. We saw it in here. That doesn't make it rote. That just means it's a truism, that it works. So for Tilly to employ something that actually works or has been shown to work in in this universe, why is that rote? No, that part isn't rote, but but it's rote that they have this community, which has been fostered for a long time before we we, we are brought into this community. And it's it's been its own little microcosm that's existed and flourished. And is it perfect? No, but everyone there is feeling safe and satisfied and has, you know, hardworking but normal lives. And then, oh, but then there's this thing they had never accounted for. And then, oops, it just so happens that suddenly things go wrong and now they're, they have to leave and everyone gets – like that part's so super rote to me. And it's like, again, I don't know – I'm not blaming her for it. Like, right. like it's 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 Walking Dead, but, but I'm like – the second, if you're familiar with The Walking Dead, if you're not reading, if this isn't your first experience with these this world, which, as you noted, probably for a lot of people it is, in which case you'd experience this very differently. But the second, like, Clem wakes up and she gets wheeled into the group and we meet the group, right? I mean, I was th- I don't speak for you two, but I was thinking, like, okay, how's this going to go wrong? Which one of them is going to screw up? Which one of them is going to backstab oh, them? Yeah, you right? know it's going to go south. You yeah, know. and... Yeah. um you know, and that's fine. Like, again, that's fine because I think the strength of this book and the reason that Kirkman is low, you know, legit genius to have lured Tilly into this world is that, um, and we said the same thing in the first volume, like the magic of this is that Tilly's crafting this wonderfully complex YA story with these very interesting, fully fleshed out young people who are dealing with extreme circumstances, which is really her bailiwick. And, you know, it just so happens that in this case, the circumstances are this post-apocalyptic world where there's the zombies. But that's really just the set piece, right? It's it's really the, the their interactions and their issues of how they were raised and how they're having to deal with their their immersions into adulthood and love and community. That that's the like that's the magic. I mean, that's where Tilly's 
that's where her special flair is. So, right. like, and that's all that's all here in in, in you know in droves. There's, uh, I, I I know there's some kind of commentary about community. I I I feel it right. What to to flesh it out? Could it be that established communities that let outsiders in are destined to fail like because that's what we've seen in walking dead that they they always come to these established communities and they somehow worm their way in and then that's when things go to shit and so this this community on the island has existed for however long but then when when clem and and company get there that you can actually feel the countdown timer click on because it's like, yeah. oh, well, we we know this is not going to end well. And it, yeah, maybe I'm dwelling on it too much, but that seems to be a trope in Walking Dead. That uh, a group of people um, that form that community, fine. Someone else from the outside world is ushered in. Uh-oh, now we're doomed. So I, I don't know. You read into that what you will. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But it, it it's, it's not... Um, um, a concept that uh, I approve of, because <laughs> you know, in the in the big world, that's I mean, we deal with that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta shore up those border walls because them them others are gonna come in, and that's eh, that that's that's not productive thinking, right? Whatever. Um, and for for you, you were talking about Tilly and the reason why this book works or these books work so well. Uh, I think the reason that it's such a novel take on an existing universe, the reasons are two for me. Clem and Ricca. That's the only reason why these books work for me. <laughs> and there was a, a, a minute towards the end of the book where I was ready to burn down the planet. Because we know you don't get attached, other than the title character, you don't ever get attached to people in the Walking Dead world. Because as as we've seen, almost anyone can die. There, there's there's a core that never will. Rick, Michonne, Daryl Dixon, right? Um, maybe one or two, but the name of this series is is, is Clementine. So I, I doubt she's going to die. Right, unless Tilly says, "Okay, I'm." I've the story has has progressed to the point where I'm comfortable with ending it. Okay, then maybe. But yeah, I thought one of I thought Ricka was going to die at the end, and I was just like, "This planet is not long for this world," because I will go on a freaking berserker <laughs> rage and just tear everything down. Yeah, she's my favorite character, even more than Clem. I like Ricka the best. Mm-hmm. She she has the patience of Job. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she can't she can't see her own feet, but that's that's bad. Can you imagine what would be worse in the Walking yeah, Dead world than to I be can't. blind? You're done. Blind or deaf? You're, yeah, you're done. It's one thing not to have you know to, to be missing an appendage or two, but to not have one one of those senses where you know you just need to be aware of what's around you. Whether it's by sight or yeah. sense or or sight or hearing or even smell, but like I can't. That would just. I, I wouldn't. Th- I'd, I'd, I'd curl up in a ball. I wouldn't. Yeah. Know what to do. No, I think you could. You could go without everything but sight. 
I think you you are absolutely doomed if you don't, or, or you need a support mechanism that could be dead too. So if you can see, you can fight. If you can, if you can't yes. hear, you can still fight, right? You just have to be super alert, right? Keep you know, keep eyes on the sky stick, stick on everything. To, yeah, just go out there in the day. Yeah. If it, once it gets dark and you can't, and all you have is sight, if you can't hear anybody coming up behind you. Or if you're wandering around the woods like everybody seems to want to do, you might be in trouble. Yeah, there's no fucking way I would go into the woods at night in the Walking Dead right. universe. Absolutely yeah, no. Yeah, because yeah. is it a deer? Is it a squirrel? Is it a, right. a, a a group of walkers? You don't know. You don't know. See now, and if if you could, if you couldn't see but you could hear, I feel eventually you'd be able to tell the difference between a deer eating a fucking shrub and a walker shuffling around yeah, and then you run into a tree and then you run into <laughs> then you run yes. into a tree i don't know yeah but it's not it's it's just it's not good period just just no it's not good to survive an apocalypse have all your senses hashtag yes. suboptimal i mean very much yes yeah so, so they were i mean we should so they they they're on this island and there's eight, well there's eight people, excluding them, excluding excluding Olivia, uh, Rika, and and Clementine. Um, there's there's an old. Now this, now this they don't really say exactly where this island is, but it's it's obviously near Quebec. It's it's on, it's on Ontario because because uh, some of the people speak French and uh, like in fact one of them at the one point is like, well, I think we're in France. Because they speak French, yeah. Obviously, so they're Tilly's, Canadian. But Tilly's Canadian. No, is, is she no. not. Oh, oh I thought no. she was. I think she's. She was born in Vermont, I think, and spent a lot of her childhood in Texas, which well, is that's where Canada. She's a cartoonist and illustrator from Austin, Texas. Oh, that's well, no, no, that's not Canada. No, that's where she was. She wasn't. She moved to. In spinning, they talk. She moved to Texas, and that's where yes. she started. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. She currently lives in Vermont. But yeah, yeah she, I know she lives in. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she right. moved back to Vermont to, to to have when they got right. married and had a kid. But, um, yeah. But anyway, um, um, so so they they you know they do the obligatory like meet meet the crew and you got the this old French Canadian couple who only speak French. Um, and they're got, old. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're old 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 AF. They're like your age. Um, <laughs> Low hanging fruit. Yeah, there's Emmy, who is the captain of said ship. She's kind of like your surly, like. It's funny too because she's kind of like, like she's she's the surly one, but it's like, well, you're the one that put them on the boat, like, like you, you yeah. have the power to not let them come here, right? Which, like, which says that she has a big heart, but she throws up the the oh, rock the rock what, hard exterior. That could be like, yeah. I don't know. Mm. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, Dummies. Um, there's a there's a little one armed dude. I can't think of his name right now. Amir. Amir, yes, yes that's right. Yeah. Plucky he's Amir. Gonna, he's he's got Amir one arm instead of two. <laughs> but, but, uh, funny. And that was really cool and, and extremely telling about this universe where they're like, uh, so they, they meet Amir and he's got one arm and he's got a little stump on the other one. So um, they assume that he got bit and, and someone chopped off his arm. Uh, but this, the truth of the matter is even more gruesome. Yeah, that he uh, he got bit. Um, what was well, a dog? Dog. Yeah, dog bit him, and his father thought the worst and amputated his arm. Yeah. So that's really chilling. 
that uh yep there's uh there's miss morrow who's the the de facto leader she is uh at least at this point we think she might be a doctor because she fixed up uh she fixed up uh, pathologist well we don't know that yet but yes she is oh. a patholo- but i'm saying like we know that she's the one that uh that, that fixed uh, clementine's leg and made her better mm-hmm. um there is john who is uh miss morrow's son um and uh then there is um fen who is uh we find out she's from originally from thailand but she's found her way here um is that it am i missing derek and saw yeah it's in the character pages in the back derek and oh, saw Derek and Saw. Who's Derek? I'm trying to who's Derek. Derek's the dude. Wait a minute. Uh, no, aren't they? No, Derek and Derek Saw and are, they're the boat people. No, they're the boat people. Yeah. yeah well, there's still characters in the book. Oh, yeah, you're just talking about yeah. They come in very late in this book. Yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 you know, of course, there's like feeling. There's uh, the first chapter or two is them feeling out this world like. Clem kind of raising her eye, like her eyebrow, like oh, it's kind of sus. But she comes, she gets, she comes along. Start, they start to get to know these other people, yeah. and, and they kind of get a vibe for the fact that you know maybe this isn't the worst place to be, right? Like it's, it's. Um, I mean, we learn more about each of the characters. We learn that Miss Morrow is, like you said, a pathologist, and um, she's very busy doing stuff somewhere. And at first, we don't know what, and uh, we eventually find that out. And you know, that's an interesting angle. I, I mean, she's clearly like. The, the conceit there is that is that she they're worried that she's up to some no good because and this is where I will give Tilly credit right because if if again if you're familiar with The Walking Dead we're very used to the uh, the leaders of these civilizations being fucked up right you had the governor who was a sadist and then you had of course you know Negan and the like and there were others but um, so but but she plays with us here because. It, when in fact they they're they try and figure out what what she's up to when she's away from camp um and we're, we're thinking like we're going to see her you know doing some kind of nefarious shit she's actually just doing a dumb thing but it's not nefarious she's she is so uh enamored with the idea of the zombies being people that and her being a pathologist who had done autopsies she literally examines everybody no matter how decayed it is notes everything she's found and then buries the body a proper burial like and, and and you know that sounds great but like in a world where there are you know <laughs> what billions of dead people and 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 however many you know it, that is a that is a pretty ridiculous process right like the, but, like yeah. the ceremony of that is absurd but she also does it out of guilt yeah yeah totally it, but it, it, but it's not so it's not nefarious this is really dumb and time consuming right because and, i guess we should say this now because uh it's revealed that uh one of her other children got bit and turned in the middle of the night and devoured all of the family save you know, for yeah save for uh she and her son john so now she, what she didn't uh, the action she didn't take in the past, now she overcompensates and does every action on the dead in the present. Just, I don't know, some misguided uh, desire to 
not let it happen again. I don't know how it could happen again with the dead, but she 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 dots every I and crosses every T with the dead. Um, and the one thing that was really cool with me uh, was that Clem pushes back. Like Clem's a, at this point, Clem is a guest on the island, but she grills this lady like so what do you do with the dead oh you know I, I i check for stuff yeah but what do you do with them there's a lot of them where do you put them where do they go how do you dispose of them and she she hammers her because she wants to know she wants to prepare for every eventuality like what are you doing with these bodies i need to know and the woman's kind of she kind of diverts you know, and, and, and does a roundabout examination uh, or explanation of what she actually does. And Clem's not satisfied, and I don't blame her, because if Clem was satisfied, she would never have found the city. And then it could have been really bad. Well, right? it ends up being really bad, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I and think it's... Which it, is to Vince's point, where it's, it's like, inevitable. Listen, everybody was fine, Every, people were living their lives, but it was Clem who's like, hey there's walkers over here and we need to get rid of them. And, and, yep. by, and obviously now because homeboys like, well, everybody's resting. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to keep hacking away and, and bit off more than he could chew. And, and there you go. So it's, it is, I mean, had everything just been fine or, or left alone or had they just followed Clem's plan, things probably would have right stayed maintain the status quo but it, it it inevitably somebody either is going to not just here in this book but i'm thinking about the comic of the show so, someone's going to get someone's going to feel entitled or someone's going to feel shunned or 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 someone's just people also after a while i think human nature for for a lot of people complacency is just like everything is great I need to fuck something up and and they just they, whether they do it to themselves or bring it upon themselves or do it to other people it's like they can't just we, we see it in oh, today anyway yeah people i, I live with somebody well alone that's not fine. happy don't touch it well but, the interesting thing about what you're saying is that again depending on your perspective you could read this and think and we're, we're kind of dancing around but but what 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 david's alluding to is that there is this other side of the island, which is basically barricaded, but a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of walking dead there, and, and they can't, they haven't just wiped them out on moss because, again, the, the boss lady wants to give everybody their proper burial. And so it's always been like, oh, well, we'll get to that eventually. And Clementine, this is like her. She she discovers this and she's like, okay, this is where things go wrong. This like, is bad. I, I can't have this, so I need to <laughs> fix this. And 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 like David said, so so she creates this. They they create a plan where they basically create a like a like a, a mouse trap, a, a, tu- yeah, a small yeah, tunnel. But yeah, not even a Rube, it's not even Rube Goldberg. It's just like listen, they have to. It's it's, it's a door. It's basically a door. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that like empty well, like a door. Yeah, and and, yep. and you can they can get a, a couple in at a time, kill them, pull them out. And the idea is they'll just do this methodically over the course of probably a few months and, and eventually clear the place out. Um, and, but, but yes, and then what happens is John, the son of, 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 of the boss, who is, it's fair to say he's, he's a very hard worker, but he's completely underappreciated by his mom. His mom's yeah. always berating him. And, he's and got so something to prove. Some, yeah, there's some issues there. And so he thinks, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speed this process up. And he, you know, widens the hole and 
And then, of course, things go horribly wrong because then uh, they overwhelm him and then they get free and, and basically wipe out the place. But 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 I will say that 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 depending on your perspective here, you might say, like, oh, John done fucked up or, oh, it's his mom's fault because he's the one that she's the one that made John feel inferior and needed to prove himself. But ultimately, I think and it gets back to Vince's point about how, like, throughout The Walking Dead, you could really even like our heroes are really often to blame because they yes. come into these. And same thing here. I mean. It is probably fair of Clementine to assume that that was a dangerous situation that could have eventually un- become untent- untent- untethered. But but they had lived in that situation for years or, or you know, a year. I don't know if it's year years, but long time and had been safe and 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 surviving. And then she gets her bright idea and then it's she's the first domino. And so. You know, I I think you could fairly blame her. I mean, I, it's almost oh, yeah. as if like idealism is bad, right? Like, well, this this like place the, could be perfect. Yeah, the the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? Right. right. Mean, so she yeah. she came into it thinking we could actually make this place sustainable. So she had she had the, this idealistic view of what this island could be, and so embarked upon a plan that could have worked, were it not for the fly in the ointment which was John, who um, busted his ass just to prove, yes, I could do all this work and more. Look at me, Mom. And um, so Mom, you could go back and say, well, Mom was the fly in the ointment because had she appreciated John, he wouldn't have overextended himself and stuck to the script and just done a couple zombies every day. Yeah, but I guess you go to the first link in the chain, which which is Clem. It's, who, it's who instigated the first yeah. plan in the beginning? Yeah, no, I was going to say, it's, it's, if you think about it, it's, it's very reminiscent of the OG, the first quote-unquote civilization community we have in the original Walking Dead, which is the prison, right? right? I mean, you know, they come up with this plan, and, and it works for a long time. Like, it's it's pretty much panacea for a long time, right? Like, they are pretty safe. There's lots of, of there's lots of security measures. There's lo- There's lots of redundancy. They have food and weapons and shelter and electricity and I mean right and but we know that <laughs> it eventually it ends very horribly right to such to the point where well and spo- spoiler someone that hasn't read The Walking Dead after fifteen years but yeah but Rick's Rick's you know pregnant wife uh, or, or wife and newborn baby are devoured um, well well there's there's not a scenario that exists when within the artificial construct that is time where entropy doesn't win. Entropy yeah. will always win. So it's – I mean you could say, yes, it's only a matter of time. Are right. the events accelerated because it's fiction and you know you have to placate the reader and give them some you – know, give the people what they want. But I, th- I think, again, one of the themes is that, that entropy sucks and it will devour you. So it's, um, it's, it's sad, but we see it on a small scale in The Walking Dead. But mm-hmm. in the real world, that's, it's very much true. Like, we exist for a finite period of time. Yeah. And, it, and then it, it just keeps um, expanding. Like, a, a person to a society, to a, a, a continent, I guess, and then to the whole planet. Like, this planet's not going to be around forever. Entropy will destroy this planet. Yeah, one of my favorite Feel-good things- episode, folks. Yeah. One of my favorite things about these books are, and you touched on it a bit when you were saying like that they didn't know how to do like arithmetic or read. Um, you know, it, the the original Walking Dead basically happens like 
you know, so coincident with the start of all this that that the vast majority of the characters, at least for the majority of, of the 160 issues, um, are native to our world, like the pre the pre apocalyptic world, right? So there's no loss of knowledge base. But in this, these are almost everybody we come across in the first two volumes of this are kids, and they are effectively digital natives. They're they're apocalyptic natives. They they don't so they haven't been properly schooled, right? Like at one point, the girls don't know that uh, what a cervix is, right? They don't right. right remember Clementine didn't know what her period was, you know, when she got it in the first book, and uh, and and so I love that because that's how it would be. It would only take a few years before these kids who were children uh you know growing up in this world was wouldn't have any of that 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 knowledge base that we take totally for granted because you know who doesn't know about basic biology unless you're you know not not subject to you know very small percentages of our planet wouldn't you know know about that kind of thing these days so uh i do very much love that and it makes for some fun moments and some heartbreaking moments i mean there's the point where clem is getting to know um Getting to know um, uh, what's uh, the, I can't think of the the Asian girl's name uh, Fen a uh, Fen uh, and, and and you know Fen's like oh I want to eventually get to Thailand and because I have a sister there and you know she's got this tiny piece together map and you just realize like she has no concept of the world, <laughs> no what the globe looks like like how big it is she just doesn't know and why would she yeah. right but like we're like oh snap like she has no clue how hard this is going to be like to get to thailand like it's not like a you know a two day travel with a with a horse it's or a yes. ride with a horse it's you know she did uh, not have the luxury of education right right so um yeah so so things like that i really do enjoy and 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 i don't know if you guys noticed but but in the first one, we we are exposed to the idea of um, you know Amos being Amish, and of course, early in the first volume, um, Clementine is brought into an Amish community and 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 the like, and so we get an ex- exposure to that. And then in this, we really get a fairly deep ex- exposure to Ricka being Jewish. You know that that's yeah. Um, as the book goes on, and Ricka and you know Ricka, if for a chunk of this book, is feeling quite unrequited by uh by clementine because she's she's kind of put her heart out there and made it very clear of her her feelings and she feels like clementine loves her too but clementine just can't give in um and yeah. and and you know the i guess the, the 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 good news is eventually clementine does acquiesce and say i love you and and they go for it but ricka is trying to create a sense uh, of of safety and community and is off for for a period of time working on a place and they finally she finally brings olivia and um, and Clementine into it, and it's basically like a base, like a home base for them, and it's set up so that she she loses her psych, and there's different textures, and, and it's it, the room is open space, so she can you know basically get around. It would be the equivalent of of if you had a sight impaired person in your home, making sure your home was equipped that way so that they could navigate properly. But it's also being turned into a synagogue, um, which I think is fascinating because I don't know how old Ricka is in this book, but she can't be much different from Clementine. So by proxy, I mean, if, if they've, if they've been in this world long enough that they don't know basic biology, right. Then they also wouldn't, I would think she wouldn't know all that much about her faith. Although she has pieced together a fairly decent chunk of her faith and, 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 and in brings them into it in a way. And they get very excited and, and want to have bat mitzvahs and they have bat mitzvahs, which is cute because it's hopeful. 
No, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I mean, and and, and, and one, so and one of the things I love about it, and uh, you know, here's me a gentile t- talking about this, but but um, you know, and I'm, I, we don't have to get no big, you know, we've we've all made our our, our, our thoughts known about uh, organized religion over the sure. years. But I will, I've always said that that um, that of the major organized religions, the one I've always been down for has been Judaism because. The underlying tenets of what of of Judaism are like pretty are pretty universally cool things like being selfless, you know, acts of kindness, acts of contrition, you know, giving to your community, the community being greater than the whole, things like that. Like so, and again, like you know, no one listening, please don't take offense. Like if you're not, I'm just saying, like for me, of the major religions, I've always thought like Judaism was the one that like if I somehow was forced into a you know, picking one, that would probably be the one I chose. And I love that this book celebrates that and like makes the idea of this, like they're taking all of the good things from being religious and, and like giving themselves joy and hope. And that's cool. Right. Cause they're not burdened by all the other shit, the history and like the, 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 the you know, the, the complexities that come with that. And I really did like that. And it surprised me because um, maybe it's just something that, that that Tilly felt compelled to do, but I do find it her choice fascinating, right? Because I'm pretty sure she is Christian or was raised Christian. Um, so I'm maybe her wife's Jewish. I don't know. Um, but but it's it's interesting that she chose Judaism to be the vessel there, and I'm, I'm glad she did, right? Like Me too. in the sense that that like it, it and again, it's my own issues. If 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 they walked in and it was like a church, a Christian church, and she's like, oh, I'm going to baptize y'all. I would have been like grown city. Like it would yeah. have been like, I would have been major side. It's like, I'm out. Like, oh. Yeah. Right. I'm like, Oh God, here we go. Like what? Like, what are you talking about? Right. So it's no, it's funny to me that because it was Jewish tradition and religion, I was, I, I found it very heartwarming, but if it was, just the same like Christian rites and rituals. I would be like Christ, like come on, dude. Like yeah. Well, I mean, I I really respect and admire Judaism because I think they're one of the, if not the only, religions that recognize that there are systems at work other than their own. Like they are very much open, and I think a lot of their their uh, teachings are intrinsic to magic. Oh sure, yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, and there's a and, mysticism to right, and the Judaism, if yeah. you would never see that in the Catholic faith, like what? What is this tree of life? This is this is this is pagan. It's evil. It's it's Satan. Like the, the Judaism is smart. It's it's worldly, and I think uh, it was the perfect choice for for Ricca and 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 what she wants out of this existence, right? Um, but to go back to the, they don't know basic biology, but Ricka knows religion. The stronger the faith, the more um, it is passed on. I think like biology is one thing. Like periods, yeah, it's it, it's essential, but it's not as essential as religion to a, a one of very strong faith, right? So I think that information would have been passed on with more expediency than you know you wipe from front to back. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Right? Right? Yeah, because, I mean, we see it. Like, for a a lot of of denizens of this planet, religion is the number one. There are signs around my community. They're football signs. 
Like they got the helmet of the local team mm. and it says there are three things, God, family, and the Bucks. That's the local mm. team. So it's like I, I would put family far above number one, but whatever. Uh, that's just the mindset. Right and and sure. do, look at the political motivations. A, a great deal of it is based on what people believe, and that shouldn't be. Because well, again, I'm 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 on the soapbox, and I don't want to be there. But I think that Rick is by far the most complex character in this in this series, and and that's why I love her because she has concerns that go beyond the here and now. Right, um, and I had to laugh because. As I read the interactions she has with Clem, and she's she's basically laying it all out, like, um, gee, if that's what I knew it took for you to get me to hold my hand, I would have done it a long time ago. Or, or you know, like, I'm waiting for you. I'm here. Whenever you're ready, I'm here. There was a a, a it wasn't a toy. It was a it was a it was a craft kit when I was small. Those around the same age as me will know exactly what I'm talking about when I say chip away. There was, it was these statues that were dipped in, I think it may have been resin or like a, a slightly softer plastic or some material. And the, the kit came with a mallet and a chisel. And you would tap away at the exterior slowly because it was pretty thick. And you're tapping, you're tapping. And the longer, the more you tapped and, and chipped away this stuff, it revealed a statue underneath, like it would have been Spider-Man or Superman, right? And then you, you got paints with it that you could paint. That's not the point. But the point was, I'm thinking, Rick is doing this chip away, and she's just tapping away at Clem's exterior, and she is not revealing the statue. Like, she cannot break that shell, man. And that's appropriate, because when Clem was ready, she did. Like, you cannot shove Clem in a direction she does not want to go. She's very headstrong. And it all goes back to that. I mean, she felt it from even before this book, she felt it. But she has this dark cloud, uh, knowing that it's almost meta, knowing that she's the main character, so she's going to survive this shit. And she does not want to get too close or open up to those around her like to an extreme degree because she knows that something's going to go south and people are going to die and she doesn't want rick she doesn't want to lose ricka so her logic is i won't even initiate this relationship because i don't want to lose her i'm not going to buy a puppy because the puppy is eventually going to die right it's that that you know better to have loved and lost and never have loved at all that she no she does not subscribe to that notion right yeah I think it's fascinating. The, the, the character, the, Ricka and and Clem are as fully fleshed out as the best Walking Dead characters that has that have preceded them. I think. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that too. The other big moment of the first half of the book is that uh, they hadn't seen Olivia in a while, and then. Ugh. Clem comes up to her and she's like huddled in a corner and she's like, don't come near me, blah, blah, blah. So, of course, like, again, you're thinking like, oh, God, she got bit. Like, this is, here we go. And uh, she even says, I was bit. And you're like, ah. And then Olivia's like, where? Let me, let me see. Like, because she's thinking like, well, maybe we can save you. Like, cut off your, you know. And she's like, no, it's inside me. And uh, Clem says, what? Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, I can feel it inside of me moving around. And Clementine's like, oh, Christ. You know, and like, uh, 
obviously she's pregnant, uh, you know, and, and and so it's like at first you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> like how's some girl pregnant? Like from who? Right? Like I have to say, like it took me a minute to be like, oh, it must be Amos's kid. Like I didn't, I didn't like at first. I'm like, wait a minute, like when did this happen? But uh, but you know, I mean, obviously she and she and Amos hit the skins and and uh, and, and she's pregnant, and you know this is this is new news for her. She's never experienced it now it's interesting that clementine knew about pregnancy but you know to be fair she had been around uh you know at least in the telltale game she was with a big group of people including a family that had a baby so you know it's, it's, i presume that's how she knows about what all that's about but um but uh but yeah but then like but clearly they don't know a lot like she doesn't know what a cervix is like later in the book she's like what is a cervix like so so she she knew what pregnancy was but she had no idea really like how it went from there, you know, um, this is not the Nostromo. You don't have an alien in yet. Yeah. You know, and then, and, and understandably when you're Clementine and you've lost everybody you care for in your whole life and managed to survive. And that's all you think about is keeping people safe. Now you have to figure out a way to keep a baby safe. Oh, can you imagine raising a baby in, in, in this world? Like, I mean, okay, Judith, it worked for her, yeah. but I like, that's like, what? but that was a hell of a support system. I mean, right. Yeah. Well, look what happened to too. mercy in this. Mercy's a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Not for long, but um, such is the world uh, in this universe. Yep. Uh, how yeah. Do we, you got to give them credit. I mean, I think this is one of the things that we forget or, or, or conveniently forget is that it must take a massive effort just to not only fall asleep, but to wake up in this morning. It, it, how do you go on knowing that there's there's stuff lurking around every corner, even when you take um, steps to 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 make it safe for you and your 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 people. As we've seen, it it does not end well. So how do they even how do they keep going? I, well, that's human nature, right? That, yeah, the, the yeah. spirit, perseverance. Right, and I mean, I think there there's as much social commentary there as anything. It's right, just like but the, you know, when you see grandma. Like, you know, what's on the buffet? Grandma. It, it, it kind of takes the wind out of your sails, right? And then the closer yeah. it gets to, you know, to you, it, it must be – I don't even think demoralizing is the word. It's like demoralizing to the nth degree. There's, it, it, you, I, you'd be catatonic. Well, I think some people would be catatonic and those people are probably dead. Right. Like those are the right, people that have right. died. they've either killed yeah. themselves or they've gotten eaten. And and it's it's these people that are able to somehow compartmentalize it or numb themselves to it um, that that can soldier on. And, and I, I I mean, you guys know I'm a huge fan of 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 The Road by Cormac McCarthy. It's one of my favorite books of all time. And, um, you know, to me, that is the that is the tent pole for this kind of thing, this idea right. of. Yeah. How does one soldier on in a in a, a world with literally no hope? And and uh, you know, in, in that case, it was the father's love for his son and really fear for for his son's dying, and that kept him going until he couldn't anymore. Um, and, and I think it's the same thing in this world. I mean, you 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 just you do it because that's what we do. We are we are forces of momentum. Right. I mean, there's right. It's 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 a much more insidious and gross version of how a lot of people live their lives just punching the clock right wake right. up rinse your feet because that's what you got to do you got to you got to do that because that's how you put food on the table and you keep you keep a roof on your head and 
it sucks and you hate it, but like that's what you do because what else are you gonna do? You know, I mean, that's that's and then the next thing you know, you're you know you're 65 and you're like, oh, I'm like oh, I can retire, right? Like that's kind of the that's the journey a lot of people take. So. Yeah, and I think one of the themes, uh, one of the many themes, of Walking Dead is, um, you can plan for every eventuality. Uh, I like the way that they fashioned armor out of garbage, right? Yeah. Just just to stop from getting bit, bitten. Um, you could you could shore up the defenses around your little unit. You could um, make nice with the people around the humans or the, 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 the regular people around you are trying just to ensure that nothing is going to happen and something always does. Like, so I, I think that's a commentary on just plain life. Like um, John Lennon, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans, you know, that you, you can plan for every eventuality until you f- remember that, oh, didn't plan for that. Like you, there's always something that mm-hmm. sneaks through the net. And, and I well, there's think, right. There's there's how many people, particularly, and I don't want to be gender insensitive, but this is this is typically been portrayed over the years as a as a male thing, where it's like, you know, young couple. Oh, I'm, I'm you know I'm not ready to get married because I I want to make you know I want to make sure my career is set before I get married. And I don't want to have kids until you know we have money in the bank and own a home. And it's like you know all these things. And it's like at some point life just has to happen, you know, right. like you have to. And, uh, I mean, bluntly I had, you know, I remember I had that conversation with, with Beth way back in the day before we had kids, you know, she was like, let's you know, start having kids. And I was like, I'm not right. You know, I was early in my career and, you know, she was like, no, let's, you know, like, like life's a journey, right? Like, like, like there isn't, it's never going to be a perfect time for any of this stuff. Right. I'm like, you know, and- my point is like, I think it's a very common thing. And again, this is, this is on like, to the thousandth power because in this case it's like literally can i survive another day versus like just do i have enough money to like right. have a kid and, and so we're aghast at the thought of a baby being born into this world but that needs to happen or yes. eventually the human organism will extinguish right it, it it no one wants to or that's not the right thing to say um it's not the best case scenario for childbirth but it's a requirement because there will be a point when everybody on the planet if there are if no children are born the people will just fade out and so you know planet of the zombies and so yeah you don't you don't want to you don't you don't want to see it but it has to happen so that's uh, olive is is really you know, the progenitor of the next generation. And, and mm. there needs to be many, many more olives. But how do you take care of those babies? How do you ensure that those babies, you know, aren't finger food? It ain't that, easy that's the question, care. right? It's, there's so many, like, uh, yeah, I got to give Kirkman credit. Um, and it, it, I guess I should give Romero credit before sure. I give Kirkman credit <laughs> because a lot of these themes. We're we're in you know the the Romero's original Dead trilogy, and um, the the this the metaphor, uh, the possibilities for metaphor within the zombie genre are so great, so deep, and and Romero recognized it, casting a black man, the the very first black lead in in a in a in a film. With with Night of the Living Dead, and then he had a commentary on consumerism 
in, in, in Dawn of the Dead. And then he had commentary on the military industrial complex in, in Day of the Dead. So it's not just like, and then he fucked it up after that, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the genre is rife for exploring the human condition, ironically, through dead people. You know, ambulatory dead people. Like, I I love the zombie genre, and and all of that stuff Kirkman exploited to his, to you know, his his Walking Dead series, and with great effect. I'll give him huge amounts of credit. Like it 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 is, I think it's pretty much safe to say Walking Dead is the best zombie comic ever created, right? Oh, I'm the, I mean, there there have been contenders, right? Sure, well, you know, there has been. Um, there, there have been um, earlier attempts that weren't I mean, the, as the well thought out. Transcendent, though, right? Because it's, yeah. it, again, it's 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 it is the most successful independent comic of the last twenty years. You right. know, full stop. There's but there no have been series that. that have toyed with a lot of the themes that sure. are, are are brought up in 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 Walking Dead, like Dead World. Right, I was just gonna say. but it yeah, just, but, it right, just but wasn't as carefully it, considered as Walking Dead. But, but what Walking Dead has is that it, almost sometimes imperceptible. It's it's impossible to fully. There's not an equation for it, but it broke through. Right, it became a cultural phenomenon where millions of people experienced it and were pulled in. Right, and, right, uh, and that, that's not easy to do, especially in today's world where where attention deficit and a trillion <laughs> options to hear for your time and attention. So, right. Yeah. Well, the, most the, the, other. No, I was just going to say the audience and the time of Dead World were not conducive to an exploration like Walking Dead. The the it was part of the black and white boom where it was yeah. get rich quick and violence and and um, extreme gore sold comics. So they were more concerned with the with the surface sheen than they were with the stuff that was going on underneath it. But it did precede Walking Dead, like Gary Reed and yeah. Company. That that was a book that that was landmark, but they didn't take it as far as the market would allow at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was all you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, so it was a different I- mindset. Vince Locke's art wasn't obviously as polished as as Moore's or or even. Adlard's later, but it it's um, a lot of those earlier attempts. Also, mostly just focused on the zombies, like you said. It, it was all about right, like King's War, and that was yeah. whereas here, The Walking Dead was as much as you know you could just give it the short strips and say oh, it's a zombie comic. It was really about the humans surviving 100%, 100%. And, and telling their story. So it, it yeah. was so so Kirkman. Kirpin played it smart. He played it right, and 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 obviously it it, it paid off for him. Is an understatement, but it it's, yeah, it's definitely uh, it, it's and and I think and 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 for our betterment as well. I mean, we 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 were extremely entertained by the comic. We 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 thought the early seasons of the show were oh, yeah. were were great. So I mean, it, it's it's it brought people together. I mean, it 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 made fans of of the medium, whether or not you know. It, I think it 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 is well the job as any comic to bring new readers into shops like you can look at sandman and things like that as examples but it it's yeah i think it's you can't it it's when 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 someone is going to try to you know school people in the future on what makes comic great or what were some great comics or or 
series that people enjoyed you'll 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 hear spider-man's or hear batman's and you're going to hear your walking dead's because it it was it it was massive and it still is i mean obviously i mean the book is done the series ended now they're doing the color versions and until he's doing a spinoff and it's just it's 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 unstoppable yeah i i think i don't know um i i've derived great entertainment from spider-man and to Mm -hmm. a far lesser extent batman sure but I never, ever once read either of those titles and thought on a level that I did when reading Walking Dead. Right. Well, the other thing that, Different audience. that, Kirk, that Kirkman did mm-hmm. right is is that he – there is permanent change in his world, right? You, these characters you care about die, sometimes shockingly, sometimes when you're not expecting it. And – that is something that we've talked about a million times. You can't do in. in well, I the think majority, I think permanent should be in quotes. There is permanent change, but only for a select char- amount of characters. Yeah, almost all of them die. Almost every character that we have meaningful exposure to in The Walking Dead dies over the course of the book, except the core. Uh, Re- most of them die. Well, I'm just but, saying the I TV mean, show. You never, you're never going to lose. Well, the TV Rick. show is a different beast, right? Uh, right, but, but and, and the, the he, TV he show again, that he didn't. You know, he was a writer in the writers' room in the TV show. He right. Didn't have, so, but you know, but he he in in the, well, okay, so the comic is I'm a different about the comic. story. Right, it's a different yeah. story. But yeah, the some characters have more permanence than others. Right, but in The Walking Dead, the shocking moments. The reason this was a watercolor book, water cooler book, is because. People die. Yes, totally. And agree. you were like, "Holy shit! I can't believe that person died. Oh what? my god! I can't believe that this thing happened." And 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 I just, it seems a lot of the greatest things when you talk about them, they seem so simple because you're like, "Oh, why?" Like it's the why didn't I think of that? Like he just created this long form story where there were consequences that lasted. Things you cared about, people you cared about, die and get destroyed. And it's like, why don't more books do that now we know why the big two doesn't do that but like why don't more books do that like no admittedly there aren't that many books that go i i I mean how many independent books have gone for 160 issues like since i mean not really i can't think of many other than you know at least in in the last 20 years so it's it's i understand it's a it's it's not but even like fables right like nobody really dies in fables and i love you know i love fables i mean i I do i think it's really great but but like you know, the characters are all kind of there. Like they're not; they don't really die. There's not like major, major losses, right? So, yeah, I mean, I can't think of many independent books or creator-owned books that that you have the kind of change and upheaval that you got in Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Even like Cerebus, right? Like Cerebus is around for the whole thing, right? Like, yeah, but only to complete the payoff. Yeah. Uh, of you will die alone, unloved, and unmourned. Like, like strangers in paradise. I mean, they're all still alive. I mean, like right. David dies because he is David is it. But like, I mean, spoilers again for a book that's twenty five years old now. But, uh, but I mean, like, but but you know, Cat and Kachu, like they're all still around. They're all still the centerpieces of the book. Not that they shouldn't be, but I'm just saying, like, it's I can't think of many long running independent books where you have that kind of permanence so of change. Like the for, like the like Love and Rockets, right? Like. I mean, most of those characters are stick still around, right? I mean, yeah, right? the, the core. Yeah, and 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 there and and I will say, in a hundred bullets, in a hundred bullets, most of the characters die. 
over right. 100 issues. And and yeah, and but I mean that's that's the nature of the beast. I mean, you, you live by the gun, die by the gun kind of thing. So it's that's kind of inevitable. Yeah. I, but I mean, you do have some stories or or some series like um, where you would have characters that you, you see their stories over the course of their lives, and you might you know you might come to an issue where one of them dies, but the creators are just going to the next issue. You'll, you'll get a story where, you know, same character, just, you know, earlier in their life. So they're never really gone. They, 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 their life may have ended as far as the story goes, but they can still just go ahead and kind of just tell stories when they were younger or from the day before. So it's like, well, then they're not, they're not really gone. Then they're still, you're still telling stories with these characters, just that you couldn't let go. You could have just let them, like Herkman did in The Walking Dead and just kill them off, but you want to just keep telling stories with this character no matter what age they are. Yep. Yeah. True that. I mean, uh, so the, I should, we should say that the, so the girls do their whole triple bot mitzvah. They, the, you got, I got, I got, definitely got to give her props for throwing the Hebrew in there. I, I, I oh, yeah. Did she get it right? Or yeah, there was, I mean, no, phonetically, that's, that's what's, I, I seriously, that's why I would always have fun, not have fun, but I would, I wouldn't, I'd never be embarrassed bringing an outsider to synagogue because they can definitely follow along. The, 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 the Talmuds, the prayer books, they're all, they're, they're in Hebrew and right on the same page, next column over, it's, you know, you can read it from left to right, uh, phonetically in with English letters, so you can everybody can follow along. If you don't know Hebrew, you can still say the prayer without a problem. So yeah, there. I mean, Rika, Rika did her best, and 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 going by memory and 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 what um what she could see to write down. But yeah, if if uh, if you've been to synagogue, whether you were bar bat mitzvah or or you've been in any kind of service for any of the holidays, um, a lot of it. Yeah, the Baruchatadanoi. That's that's a given. That's you know that that's how it always starts. But yeah, everything else, I mean, it 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 made sense. Now I know how Gomez Adams feels when Morticia speaks French. <laughs> Say something in Jewish, David. In Hebrew. In Hebrew. Or sorry, in Hebrew. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, I'll record me during the Hanukkah. What I was going to say is because. Um, of my extracurricular studies, a lot of it is in Hebrew. That some of the characters are in Hebrew, and mm-hmm. it is a motherfucker to decipher that language. It is very hard. I, maybe you know, because I'm, I was, you know, raised English with with you know very simple twenty six characters. <laughs> Hebrew's a motherfucker. It's it's hard. My- my name in Hebrew is only three characters. DAP. DVD. The 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 Dalid, the the Ved, and 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 Dalid again. So because because our vowels are within the characters. So so you could have so the letter D and the letter B look almost identical, except there's like an extra little little character inside the almost like a not a carrot but it's it so so that's how you can tell the difference between the letters so the, the, a lot of the symbols look very much the same until you kind of just look at it but vowels are kind of just not not existent but kind of not there because they're just because of the way they're written when you write hebrew so yeah i i've always wanted to get a um 
a tattoo of, of my name in Hebrew. I bet you have robust bonus features. <laughs> nice. One of the best transitions in the book is after they've done the whole ceremony and there's a splash page where Clem is hugging Ricka and Olivia and she's like making it right between us. It feels like the whole world's been saved. And then, uh, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, we're adults now. Oh, you boy, you two are girlfriends. And then interstitial chapter seven, they wake up, <laughs> come out of their, their, their new little hangar <laughs> home. <sighs> it is completely yeah. fits up. I mean, that yep. shoe's got to drop. The shit done exactly. hit the fan. <laughs> shit done hit the fan. It's a, it's a, it's a dark, uh, you know, dewy sort of, uh, cloudy, misty, misty overcast morning. And, uh, they see someone in the in the distance, and it's lo and behold, it's a Walking Dead, and then they realize that they're surrounded by them, and it's like, what the f? And that's really, I mean, that's and then that pretty much is we were kind of alluded. I mean, that's really what happens here is they 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 quickly try and find everybody else. They go to uh, to Morrow's house where they assume they're all huddled up, and they're not wrong. But we find out that a few people have already succumbed and. The big news is, and I think you mentioned it early in the episode, it's like Ricka breaks off from from Clem and Olivia. Which I would like to comment on that. mm -hmm. Incredibly bad choice. Yeah, you let the blind girl break off. Right. It's dark. It doesn't make any sense. It makes zero sense to me. I'm like, the fuck? Why are you letting her go? Are you you stupid? Yeah, Uh, especially given that it's an absolute obsessive phobia for Clementine that she's going to lose her. Right. Yeah, it's... Made no sense, but that is the one... I mean, I know the goal was to put Ricka in danger, and we'd all be like, wah! And, and, okay, pull her out of it, that's great. Uh, You know, it's like Glenn with the dumpster. Um, But the the, the logistics, it, it was an incredibly unwise decision. Uh, to yep. let the blind girl not only go at night, but alone, like ugh, whatever. And they all meet their doom for the most part. I mean, um, Emmy dies heroically by by saving Olivia so she can get on the boat. There's a boat. There's, there's the boat, the same boat that they got there with. There's one boat. So they're trying to make it to the boat. Olivia, who's the captain, she 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 lets herself get bitten and killed effectively to save Olivia, who gets on the boat. Um, Amir gets killed because he runs back in to find John, who we already know is dead. And, of course, John's in there, and he's all zombied out, and a bunch of zombies kill Amir. And, um, so most of them die in this this brouhaha. And, uh, and, and, of course, they're on the boat ready to roll out, and, um, you know, uh, Clementine understands, like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving until we get Ricka. And, of course... You know, we're thinking, is she dead? Is she not dead? And, and you know, I guess to Tilly's credit, she gives us a bit of a happy ending and that Ricka does show up. And uh, Before and you move on, yeah. the sequentials for that scene are very vague. You don't know. You just, yeah, see, you just see a zombie wearing a hat. She's got the hat on. And yeah. The, yeah, yeah, and it's the, I mean, she doesn't full face reveal. Yeah. I just think it was poorly played. That 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 was a crucial scene. In in the 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 final passage of the book, and I think it could have been better fleshed out. I agree because in the panel you're talking about, well, you see, if you go back a page, you see that uh, there's there's a zombie heading for Clementine, and behind that is a is is another shadowed figure wearing a hat, and you think, okay, well, that is that another zombie? And then you turn the page, and the zombie is like collapsing on Clementine, and she's saying, "I'm here, Clem." Yeah. 
but it almost looks like it's Clem saying that. Obviously, right. I'm Clem, so you're like, okay, and you kind of figure it out. But to your point, like when you first see that, maybe that's what she was going for. I thought Clementine, like we were, that was like she was getting uh, about to get bit or bit because she refuses to get off the dock. But um, but obviously, that's not what happens. It is in fact Rico. So escaping is the same trio. It's Olivia, Rika. Clem and now they're joined by um, by Finn. Yeah. So now their their tri- their tri- their trio is now a quartet. And um, and we should mention there was a, a mention during the calmer times of a um, of an interaction that 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 Morrow had had with uh, with with uh, with Sa. Right. That's is Sa's in her name. Yeah. With yeah. a captain, a ship captain, with a bigger ship, and uh, they had tried to barter and could never make it happen. But they were like, maybe you could find her in this in this trading town. And so, um, so after they escape from the boat, the chapter eight and final chapter, I think it's final chapter, right? Is uh, uh, yeah, it's final chapter. Uh, they are three weeks later into this much more developed uh, town. Um, you know, that's got pretty much a fully functioning society in it, and um, and they are uh, looking for. Saw and they find, and they find her. And Saw, interestingly, is also an amputee. Saw has uh, does not have either of her legs, um, which is interesting. And uh, Saw and her, uh, I assume it's her lover, her partner. I don't know, like her partner, lover, whatever. Um, have a big old first mate. mate. Yeah, first mate. But they seem like they're involved yeah. as well. Like at least it's implied. But uh, they have a big old boat. But unfortunately for them, their big old boat. Uh, lost its crew. <laughs> their crew, their crew is missing. They assume the crew is dead, which is always a good assumption in this world. And uh, and so uh, Clem's like, take us. We'll be your crew. You know, we we like and you know, there's a cute little thing where she's kind of like making her case, and she's like, you know, I I I don't I only have one leg. Rick is going blind. <laughs> like, and she kind of like goes down the list of all of their their issues. She's like, but but you know, but we'll bust our ass. You know, we're, we're, we can be your crew. And they're like, all right, well, like there's okay. five of us. Well, four. Yeah, right, one isn't born yet, but you know, <laughs> yeah, right. She's like, we got another one with the baby, and they're like, oh my god. But but they convince them. I guess I guess strange bailiff bedfellows, and uh, and 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 that's kind of how we. Well, that is how we set off for. For the third and final volume, which is that they're on this ship and uh, and heading heading out for further adventures, Land um, and and the book ends with uh, not explicitly, but 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 uh, it's implied that Clementine and Rick consummate their relationship. Yes, I thought it was great that Clem was willing to part with a pair of perfectly good socks, which are very important in the, mm-hmm. for a, a, a picture of the three of them. That was I mean, that, that was sublime for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's an old world artifact that suddenly has new meaning depending on where you are, or or, or how your situation in life. Like to to anybody in the wild or or on their own, a Polaroid, they wouldn't even think twice about it. But the three of them have come to a place where not secure, but they're better off than they were their lives aren't being threatened they 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 realize that there's something to be hopeful uh about in life and so they want to capture the moment in something that to the wider population of the planet means really nothing anymore that was really cute and really i thought it was touching Mm -hmm. 
this is how we are right now. Let's capture this. Because mm-hmm. as you well know, it ain't going to be like this right now forever. So yeah. this, let's just hold on to this for as long as we can. It was great. I agree. Uh, yeah, I thought it was one of the best parts of the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, who needs socks more than Clem? She needs that sock. She needs some socks. Yeah. Ah, what a great book. Um, obviously, spoiler warnings. Isn't it smart to put the spoiler warning at the end of the episode? Always. Yeah. Well, it was a book of the month. They, I mean, yeah. They, yeah, you got to take it for granted. book of the month. They know that. They're, right. They're gonna go, go um, I, don't, I don't know why I didn't. I, just, I don't. It's weird. I, I Either I just read the first book maybe too quick or I just, I, I was too into it to really kind of just take my time and, and, and soak it in. But for some reason, this book, I, there are a lot of panels where I'm almost, it. I, I never noticed really that, uh, I guess, Tilly um, was influenced by uh, Jacques Tardy. Uh, I'm the, not saying she was, but there's there no. are definitely images here where I just I, I I see some faces, especially with the old French couple. But sure. but I see faces, and I'm like, that looks like something I'd see Tardy. Yeah, well, Tardy is yeah. not known for refining. Exactly. Right. Yeah, Tilly right. has a yeah. rough rough hewn approach, and I, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think they're in, from the same state. I don't know mm-hmm. about the same you know street, but right. they're, they're 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 state members. Right. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. I can yeah, see. I, I can see that when you, when when you put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I I love Tilly's zombies. Yeah. They're almost undefined. Like they're 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 just splotchy and and nasty looking. Like they're nowhere near an Adler zombie. Uh, and 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 even Adler was far removed from a Tony Moore zombie. So, oh yeah, uh, the Tillys were almost pretty, and, and yeah. Adlers were creepy, but but the Tillys are just t- Tillys are, are stuff of nightmares. Tillys zombies are Fulci esque. If you've okay. ever seen Lucia Fulci's uh, zombie, they're, they're her zombies are really close to that. They're almost as like like they're they're doughy and pudgy and and blotty like they're they're blotted with blood and other like shit and everything else. Um, they're not. Definitely not handsome zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's one of the problems later on in Romero's movies. A lot of the zombies, they're just gray-skinned humans. Like, because he didn't have a huge budget. Right. So the, 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 you know, and you have your figurehead zombies that are decaying and, and cool to look at. But for the most part, Romero zombies are, are just, they just have gray makeup on and, and some, maybe some blood splashed on them. And it, the the bigger his budget, the more detailed the zombies were. Like in Day, there's a lot of of uh, interesting looking zombies, but Tillys are all like they're dead. Like you could tell these are people who have ceased to be, and parts of them are are just flopping off. That I, mm-hmm. I, and they're they're scary looking because True. like like Ridley Scott, the the stuff you don't show is a lot scarier than you know the stuff you do. And uh, I think that's a lot. Like you, your mind fills in the details of Tilly's zombies, and it's it's really uh, a neat approach. I like it a lot. I and mean, you don't think horror when you think Tilly Walden, but I think because she's she's trying new things or or 
things that haven't been done a bazillion times before that yep. um it it's a really novel approach to to the the genre i like it concur cool i had to take a breath in that uh well there you go book of the month clementine book two tilly walden cliff rathburn skybound 1499 dap and i were talking about this uh in in the pre-show banter i think skybound should be charging like 20 bucks or more for this uh, uh, granted i'm glad to pay 14.99 yep. before, before discount yeah, I mean, it's but almost 300 pages it's great yeah I, mean, I, I think when you look at this compared i mean so i'm sorry i mean we we got i mean i, I we were looking at um off on 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 the sides like we were talking about some uh some kickstarters and how their pricing is just not even not necessarily kickstarters <laughs> but just crowdfunded work how how the pricing is just insane and, and and as soon as i saw one today i was just like we walked away with wasted space for 50 fucking bucks and we've yes. got people who are trying to like crowdfund books it's like oh maybe maybe you get 100 pages and and it's a 45 dollar plus shipping and it's like dude i can't yeah so for this to be 15 and packed i mean yeah we did talk about it and at 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 length to a degree but i mean there's so much more we didn't discuss that anybody who hasn't read it yet still definitely should but. I, I think the the pricing tiers are entirely tagged to um status within the industry right so chaken can charge or to, can ask what he wants because mm-hmm. he's howard chaken Right. But if if you get somebody who's just coming up and they're they're charging you twenty five bucks for a PDF, yeah, nice try, my buddy. Nice try. Mm-hmm. It, that's not going to happen. Yeah, um, it's bananas. Yeah, they should all take uh, notes from Ryan Brownie and and Tony on, on how to do Kickstarters. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh well. So there you go. Clementine, book two. Tilly Walden, Cliff Rathburn. Get it. Skybound, you need to read it. it it's yep. extremely underpriced. Um, it, hopefully, you've read the first and the second after hearing this, but if you haven't, start from the first. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I know it, it's, and and sure, you know, recency bias may be a thing, but, um, and, and we needed the first book to get here, obviously, but I, I and I'm thankful. We got the first book, and we were introduced to the characters. But yeah, they they really feel. I mean, after after the plane, after the plane crashing, after surviving, after finding the island, and 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 getting closer, um, this this book, I, I enjoyed it more. I think than the first because of how how richer and and more um, well, more real are 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 our three heroines felt to me in, in in this book yeah i mean the first book we, we were introduced to them and it's all quick and you're just going going along but here we're we're seeing again they're still they're still in situations that are just not good and 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 dealing with things but i i just i got more out of the second book than the first i think what you're trying to say is that you're uh you're you're an amishator <laughs> Maybe it is, yeah. yeah it's not. Maybe, yeah. I, I, I think, um, I know it's it's bad to tack this on at the end of the discussion. I mean, considering we've 
sort of kind of finished the discussion, but I'm going to bring it up again. Uh, I think the decision to take Fen home at the end is not something Clem would do. I don't think, think she would risk the lives of her Ricka and Olivia on a, uh, uh, you know, a snipe hunt for someone, no, that, I think, I for mean, someone I, they just I, met. They just met right. her. There's, like, she's. I mean, obviously, she's, 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 she wants to protect her, her friends. But I think I, I right now, I the book ended, and I'm thinking this is this is just an end. This is just a way to get where she wants to be to to, to be safe. Yeah, okay. If they find Taiwan or whatever, okay, great. But that's not. She's not. She's not doing. She's not doing Fen a favor. She's. She's. That might be a a uh, side effect of it, but she's not. I don't. I like you, Vince. I don't. I. It just, just plays doesn't. into the ignorance and inexperience that they all have. Like they have no idea what a a, a journey like that will entail. They, do they have enough food? Or do they have enough water? Like it, you just don't get on a ship. Because you know something is going. And, to, something has to happen because you're not. We're not going to have almost three hundred pages of them just on a boat. <laughs> no, of course no, they're so, going to run into the so, the, the, the quote well, dead gonna find pirates. They're going to find. I mean, with the plane having crashed already, so I assume we may not even see them on the boat. Maybe. That's true. Yeah, right? yeah I'm guessing they're going to run into the the crew. The uh, oh, because why would you mention the gun in the first chapter if you don't let it fire in the last? <laughs> like the, Tilly explicitly mentioned that the well, we don't know where our crew is. <laughs> well, we're going to probably run into the crew before, you know. Long. I'm guessing. Yeah. There we go. Book of the month. Love you. Brought to you by CheapGraphicNovels.com. Cheap well, you can graphic. get this. Yes. Oh, you can get this. Cheap com has this and a plethora of other things. Omnibu, collected editions, OGNs. I always forget the OGNs. Manga. Anything with a spine can be had at CheapGraphicNovels.com for a fraction of the retail price. Email comes after your first order. Reply to it saying, 11 o'clock comics is the reason I'm here. And they will gift you with free shipping on your second order. Clementine book two as well as book one. $10.49. Forget about it. Just go get it. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I'm not going to talk about the book I, I wanted to talk about because I think it deserves a close examination. So I'm going to save that for next episode. Mm. Okay, Jason. We save that for next yeah, episode. Is that book? Yeah, it's that book. Okay. All right. In your travels. Another extremely talented female creator, Zoe Thurgood, mm. is taking a stab <laughs> at uh, the at the hack slash universe. The I first, you what? No, speak on it. Then I have questions. Okay, the uh, first issue came out, I believe, last week. Last it, week yeah. it is called Hack Slash Back to School. It is a four issue mini that takes place early in Cassie's career as a slasher hunter uh she just disposed of her mom and she's very green she's she's still um she's not the worldly experienced cassie hack we've seen in much of the uh hack slash stories in fact 
she recently met Vlad uh, before this story, and she tried to kill him. Uh, who wouldn't? I mean, take a look at him. Um, so when this thing opens, she's she's very worried. She's still clinging to that little girl that was abused at the hand of her mother. Um, they're in a Chuck E. Cheese type restaurant, uh, mm-hmm. and there's a costumed um, mascot. Uh, things go south really quickly. Uh, the the costume mascot turns out to be a, a slasher, and Cassie takes steps. <laughs> this this character just lops the head off like two kids, <laughs> stabs the fuck out of the mother, um, and it's all done in Zoe's trademark multi styled approach. You mm-hmm. have you know the, she she'll try a painterly panel or an op art panel or a very Michael DeForge delineated panel. The, the, the confidence of her playing with different mediums and formats is just yes, and the, and then she plays with Cassie's perceptions too. There's are a number of panels that are split, um, where you'll see the the uh, costume character in the the restaurant but the other half of the panel is her mother with a bloody you know butcher knife in her hand or she'll see herself half of it is the semi cocksure gothed out cassie and the other half is that that timid young girl who wore glasses uh leveling a mo- uh, a gun at her mother like it's really really well done but but the the whole point of the story is cassie's taken in by Darla Ritz, who saves the day, kills the serial killer, uh, the slasher, and brings her into Hunters for Hire, Darla Ritz's Academy for Girls. And it's a bunch of slayers in training. Um, we're introduced to uh, a number of girls, and it just sets up the rest of the miniseries. Uh, Cassie joins, and now she she actually has a, a, an ersatz family. So, uh, it, like... Frankenstein and Dracula, part of this issue is uh, the narrative is done with um, a, a journal, which I love that approach. I, I think that's a really neat um, traditionalist approach to, to, to horror storytelling. I, I love it. I thought this issue was, was a, a slam-bang home run. Loved every part of it. So, Jason, what was your question? Well, um, I have read zero uh, Hackslash before. So. Okay, Same. So, you, you already kind of answered a part of it. So this is a prequel. Yes. No. Okay. No. It's yeah. a. It's it's an early story. It's like Cassie Hack Year One. Okay. Um. And then, is is in the Tim C. Lou long running book? Is she part of a school of of killers? Is is that no? Is, or is that new? No. That, so no, this, this is new. this is new. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. And all you got to all you like. I think it's great. We, okay. we and, and it's like between the raindrops. We don't know what yeah. happened back when, so it, it only stands to reason that um, chances are really good if you are hunting slashers and you are a young lady. Okay, she has Vlad with her too, but you're inexperienced. These people have made a, a lifetime of killing, so the 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 chances of you escaping unscathed or alive are not that great so the 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 idea that she was trained to do this by somebody that makes perfect sense to me right mm-hmm. yeah um all you need to know is cassie's mother the lunch lady was a slasher 
Cassie killed her and said, okay, I'm going to do this professionally. I don't want this to happen to anybody else. So um, meets Vlad and the rest is, is history. Throw Vampirella in for some delicious seasoning. And there you go. Hackslash. <laughs> no, nah, it's really great. I, I, I expected it to be wonderful knowing Zoe and it was. So yeah, you I, got three more issues to come. Get on it. I, um, Noise. There's they they gave us the twelve for maybe half twelve ish twelve pages or something um, as as a preview the first time and so I read that and I was like okay I, I I'm digging this and and I'll I trust Zoe so I I um I still have to read I have to finish the first issue now that it's out but I'll um I'll stick to this it's, for it's, sure it's I, getting the band together. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, the art's great, but yeah, I just, and I mean, knowing nothing of, of, of the property, I figured, you know, I can, if everything I kind of need to know, I think, well, obviously I have you as a resource, Vince, but I think we can um, catch up as, as things go on. But it's, it's a more introspective, more character-based approach to hack slash where hacks the, the the property for the most part has been uh horror exploitation very much like uh, the movies of the 90s right gory uh, i guess there's a, a component of buffy in in hack slash mm-hmm. I, I guess oh. but um this is a more um a more curious take like she's trying to get into the and i'm not saying tim never did this tim did this a lot but it's 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 a modern look at hack slash a contemporary like you know people need reasons now where back then it's like oh a slasher i'm gonna take him out and you know mayhem ensues and that's all we really needed and and i'm not saying this is better than what Tim and company have done. It's just different within the same playing field. So I, I, I love it all. I think this is really great. And don't mean to demean Tim's stuff because I wouldn't be reading this if well, it wasn't. Right, exactly. You know, right. Yeah. Tim's stuff, we wouldn't have this. But yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, well, it's funny you mentioned, you, you, you used the phrase, raindrops. Um, but we kind of have a uh, Zoe Aroma. What's this? So, um, at, uh, before New York Comic Con, I started this and I didn't get to finish it before. Um, and, and, uh, this is, uh, an adaptation of Joe Hill's novella. Uh, so it's Joe Hill's reign and it is written by David M. Boer and, uh, who, uh, Rocanto. And uh, Zoe Thurgood is your artist. And this was a five-issue miniseries um, published by Image. And our main character, our lead heroine, her name is Honeysuckle Speck. And she is just the cutest. She is adorable. And she is super happy because her girlfriend is going to move in. And her girlfriend, her name is Yolanda Rusted. And Yolanda... Yolanda's father is a pastor. Both of Yolanda's parents love Honeysuckle, couldn't be happier for her, for, for their daughter to find somebody like Honeysuckle. Honeysuckle doesn't have anybody 
So she's delighted to kind of be um, accepted and and be a part of of this family, this this extended family. So um, she's getting everything ready back home in uh, in 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 Boulder, Colorado, and and uh, and so Yolanda and Yolanda's mom are driving Yolanda to the house so this way they can go on with their lives. Skies are blue, beautiful, clear day, but all of a sudden, something that looks like rain starts to fall. It's not rain. And and you're like these little sharp, crystalline-like nails falling from the sky. And if you're outside, you're pretty much dead. And And so Yolanda and her mom are up by the car when the rain starts to come down. And Honeysuckle is watching the love of her life basically get ripped to shreds by this rain. And at that point, it's almost like it's just happening here, but it does seem to be spreading. The rain does seem to be spreading. And it's not it, it, it's not consistent. It's not like a, a, a constant downpour. It, 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 the rain will stop just like weather patterns, and but then it will start up again. Um, but... Honeysuckle wants to get back to Yolanda's father to let him know what happened to his daughter and his wife. And so she's going to just make the trip and, and walk the 30 odd odd miles or whatever to the house. Um, doesn't really go all that smooth. Uh, things do happen along the way. Uh, it's, there were moments I was reading this book where I'm like, I, I was almost as hesitant to turn the page because I didn't want anything happen to some of the characters. So i just, I was really, I, I was sucked in. Zoe's art is fantastic in this. And I, I, I appreciated the story because it was, it was, I don't, I don't know if how, how much it strays from Hill's original story, but there's, um, there's a reason why the rain fell there's a reason why people acted or were behaving the way they were in the story or initially you know you're introduced to somebody because her father her, her she's a widow and and when when her when the widow's son like talks about things here and there there's these little clues that eventually kind of like click as 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 the the story wraps up but i just there's a scientific expl- explanation so it's not like it's it's you know a sign of the gods that you know our earth is dead and doomed and, and we're all going to die it, it's just it it's done well like i said the art's fantastic it's it's a hell of a story i didn't know it's it's it was i was gonna say it's a nice read as as violent and and as uh sad it can be in parts it it was it is it it's a self-contained little five issue series that you know if you just need something else, then then I would definitely recommend this. Uh, as long as you're not uh, squeamish, or you're fine with you know the characters meeting a a gruesome end. But I just I I didn't know what to expect going in. All I knew is that Zoe drew this. I've been wanting to check it out. Finally did. Um, really glad I did. Highly recommended. Um, if you can get it, great. Five issue series. I think it's a hardcover also. But Joe Hill's Rain absolutely recommend it in your travels that's uh that's my pick for this week damn zoe thoroughgood orama 
That's right, baby. Love it. Damn, respect. Um, <clears throat> before I do my inner travels, I want to double check. You guys went deep on uh, Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees when Felice was on In My Stead, right? Yes. I read it finally. It's fucking great. It's right? Great. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I can't believe it. Oh, my God. It's, it's, I mean, sometimes I cringe at those elevator pitches. It's like when this meets this. But, I mean, as I'm reading this, I'm like, it's when Richard Scarry meets Dexter. I mean, that's what yes. it is. And it's fucking, it's the, like, whatever your mind says it's going to be, it's that. And I'm like, this is incredible. Like, I, I need this to go on for, like, a thousand issues. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm really here for it. Um, so, but, uh, but no, my inner travels is, uh, is another longtime friend of the show's latest effort. And that is Mr. Andrew McLean. And that is Snarlagon. Uh, Snarlagon is an oversized, uh, um, paper bound, uh, all ages zine that, uh, was recently crowdsourced. Uh, I believe it's roughly 48 pages, no page numbers, but based on the Kickstarter, it was supposed to be around 48 pages. So I'll go with that. But uh, it's awesome. I mean, listen, this is this is extremely straightforward stuff. This is Andrew doing an all ages homage to Japanese kaiju movies. I mean, that's 100 percent what it is. And so if you're a fan of kaiju and you're a fan of Andrew's art, you will love this. Vince, I'm talking to you. Um, but it's drawn in his classic style. It is, uh, you know, it, it is little bit fun i think he hits a lot of the notes that are um kind of the the tentpole tropes that we associate with those movies and uh he hams it up intentionally and one thing i think that's really neat is after the the story ends you get a couple pages of um like people working on making the movie so it's like people building the set pieces uh, like you, you know, them filming, like pumping smoke into a, you know, a, a, a little miniature city scene with the, with the creature in a costume walking around. So it's like, he, he definitely goes all in with the idea of this being a, a, a kaiju movie from, you know, the fifties or whatever. So really well done. Um, super quick read. You know, it's, it's, it's basically the size of two comic issues. Um, and uh, and wonderfully produced, because if you all remember when we had Andrew on the show, he uh, was talking at the time they had just launched Laser Wolf Attack, which is the the imprint company brand that he and his wife started, um, where he kind of funnels all of his creative work and related ephemera through. And uh, that's where you'll be able to find this. If you didn't back the Kickstarter, you can go to laserwolfattack.com. And procure yourself a copy. And I would imagine knowing Andrew um, will probably see a Snarlagon vinyl at some point, right? Like oh, of course probably, we will. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cool thing is, is um, you know, we were just talking about how some of these these crowdsourced stuff is just wonka crazy expensive. This is ten bucks. Ten bucks cover price. So um, he created it for mass mass consumption and mass distribution. So uh, yeah, really, really. I don't know that Andrew's ever done a something I didn't think was, was terrific, but uh, this is yet another in a long line. I am on it, because I did not back it, so I'll go get it. Snarlagon to the early mom. Nice. Hey, everybody, mm-hmm. thank you for being here with us this time around. We hope you come back next time. In the meantime, you know the drill. Read some comics, talk about comics, come to our Facebook or our, uh, do we still have an, uh, an X thing? It's, we don't. 
A who? A Twitter. Do we have some? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, no. I mean, I don't yeah. Well, don't talk about it there because nobody will be answering. Right. <laughs> so I haven't been on X. Yeah. 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 Uh, Facebook, um, Insta. Just let's talk about it. Come to the the uh, Slack, and there's only one way to do that, and that's to jump on the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Audio, video, images, polls, pages, downloads, all that stuff. Um, very, very frequently available. Plus, you we open the door to the uh, 24-7 Slack. Uh, you can be a member. You can talk to us whenever you desire. You Hit, hit me up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Chances are good that I'll see it. So uh, that's the thing. Say goodnight. I don't have any song to play, so I'm going to pretend that I'm singing David <laughs> good night pretending you're singing and actually singing seem to be the exact same thing <laughs> who knew who knew uh, David nice mm-hmm. tell them you love them more than ice cream Ooh. like more than words just like, uh, like mm. extreme like extreme um, it's garbage I, what kind of ice cream Big general tentpole ice cream. Wait, let's let's yeah, let's round out the the night. But what what is what is our respective favorite ice cream flavors? Oh man, um, shit! I uh, I I really really do like. Um, I don't want to put. It shouldn't be that vexing. <laughs> no, right? it's, I mean because chocolate's just like oh, it's chocolate. Great, okay. I mean chocolate can be good. I like I like mint chocolate chip. Damn, you're your your team Beth and Holden then. Nothing wrong with that. That's their jam. You can add Nina to that team too. Yeah. I think it's a nonsense choice, but cool. Yeah, yeah. Mine's Rocky Road. Oof, that's even bigger nonsense. What? I'm not right with that. I don't even think Rocky Road gets. Is that? I feel like they they stopped making that in the '80s. Get out of here! We out of your damn mind. It's the fucking. It's it's the chunky bar of ice cream. It's the best of all worlds: marshmallow, chocolate. I hate I hate marshmallows. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, good time. And yours? And let's see what yours is. Vanilla. Strawberry. Oh, garbage. Yeah, no. (laughs) Strawberry. Get out of here. Oh, my God. I think we hurt his feelings. That was great. Oh, not at all. You guys are crazy. Listen, first of all, I'm not a huge ice cream eater, but but uh, like a, a, in terms of like sweets, if you had to downhill, like I could give up ice cream pretty easily. But but uh, yeah, I love me some strawberry. It's delicious. Okay. It is good, but yeah. Is I, it though? I, it, it, oh, it's yeah. Fine. It's 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 a solid choice. It's not my go-to. It's not my first, but I wouldn't. If somebody offered me strawberry, I'd be like, you got anything better? I'd be fine with it. <laughs> But it's you know yeah. it's not even in mint chocolate chip. It's, it's like, not even in my top ten. I mean, you said Rocky Road, dude. It's like Rocky Road's awesome. Rocky Road sucks. You're mm. you, you you're just like crazy town. <laughs> what ridiculous. Like who eats Rocky Road? You're like the this first one I've ever heard that says they eat it. That is good. I'm out of here. Hmm. I wonder where Rocky Road ranks in terms of popularity. Let me see. Like, I care. What? Don't be I'm Googling it. Care. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. See, I'm seeing if I'm off base with my thoughts that Rocky Road is not popular. Hold on. 
I'll well, tell you my see. second choice. Okay, well, you can guess the number one flavor. Pop- this is just popularity, not like best. This number one best. flavor of ice cream. Yeah. Chocolate. No. See, the chocolate or vanilla? It's vanilla, yeah. 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 Chocolate's number two. Okay. Cookies and cream. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Okay. That's fucked up. Strawberry. Hype beast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> chocolate, chocolate, chocolate chip. Some, some child's palate. This is weird. This. Uh, chocolate chip is number five, but okay. Butter pecan. That's, I, that's my number two. I love butter mm. pecan. Okay. Chocolate chip cookie dough, number seven. That's garbage. Vinny eats the shit out of that. Not <laughs> not the chocolate one, the regular one. The, the cookie dough vanilla ice cream. The bur- chocolate chip is number eight. Nah. Caramel. See, that's weird. I don't think it's like that's kind of thing you put on ice cream. What word later. is that? Caramel. <laughs> <laughs> Why you do that? Why you do that to him? What word is that? that uh, <laughs> I didn't know. It sounded like some. Like, I, he, I, I thought know. he was casting a spell. I didn't know what word that was. <laughs> Caramel. <laughs> Atrocious. Neapolitan's uh, number ten, which is again, that's not really. Uh, food, but that's a compliment. That's, yeah, yeah, that's just. That's like vanilla well, chocolate and strawberry that don't taste like Vince, vanilla you chocolate. Know what? I'm going to concede to you on this one because Rocky Road is number eleven. Yes. <laughs> what year was this made? <sighs> this year, seventy-eight. Wow. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's like I, 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 I hit a way back machine. I'm going to watch the goddamn done. Fall Guy and eat some Rocky Road. I found this from Mosaic back in '91. Said <laughs> it's all text, no images, <laughs> ASCII yeah, little box drawn around it. it. We're out of here, people. I will not be demeaned. See you next time. Love you all. Peace. That's it for that one.